Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. It's Chevy truck season. And with the Chevy Silverado, there's no such thing as an uphill battle. With the Chevy Silverado, you can take on the mountains or you can move them. Because with impressive towing capability and available 13.4-inch diagonal touchscreen and a choice of powerful engines to pick from, whatever your mountain, there's a Silverado with the capability you need. Click to learn more. Find new roads at your local Chevy dealer. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show, sponsored by Better Picks. I am your host, Josh Harris. Joining me on this cold, snowy, it's snowing. I look outside and it's snowing. Snowy day in New Jersey. So, Cliffy, how are we doing today? Uh, not doing too bad. Um, ended up cashing last night, which was nice, even though the Rangers completely fell on their face. Um, and Capocaco fell into the boards pretty hard. <laughs> Looks like he's going to be out for a while, but uh, shout out Alexander Barkoff and Sam Reinhardt and Aiden Hill. Uh, carried me at least to a main cash. We'll take those when one of your stacks does absolutely nothing. So, uh, take that, move along. I, I watched that Florida Ottawa game. Something I mentioned on Twitter, it's like, I don't know why that Ottawa team's not better. Like, I, I do get it. Like, Shabbat's, Shabbat's missing. Ridley Grieg looks like he's coming back. He's been out for a few weeks. They've had no Shane Pinto all year. Like, you know, those things pile up. They, like, they've barely looked like an NHL team over, like, the last month. They've looked really, really, really bad. And I, I like, I don't get it. They, they just, they look terrible. Again, it's one of those things you don't really want to speculate. But it appears to me just eyeballs from a fan perspective that DJ Smith has lost the locker room. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't want to speculate, but I'm going to speculate a little yeah. bit. Here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe they'll just go, <laughs> maybe they'll just tell Dean Evanson to redirect his flight out of Minnesota straight to Ottawa or something like that. They need, what would be the funniest hire? Like Elaine Vigneault. I, I was going to say Dominique Ducharme the guy that was in Montreal, but I'm pretty sure, I think he's in Nashville now. Summers, he's one of the U S teams as an assistant coach. So it's not going to be him. Um, somebody could give Mike Babcock a third try. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, maybe the Habs old coach is the reason why Colton Sissons is on the top power play unit, but that's for another time. I guess it's later today. Cause they're on the slate. Um, I mean, the Rangers were 13-1-1 in their last 15. They looked off. I don't know if it was an ice issue or what, but, like, they, they were so sloppy with the puck last night. I mean, they, I, I didn't watch much of that game because I was watching Florida-Ottawa. What I said to you in, in, in Discord was that Buffalo does this once in a while. Like, every couple weeks they'll have one game where they legitimately look like a Stanley Cup contender where it doesn't matter who they're playing, they just beat their brains in. And then, like, 
the next five or six games after that, they look like an average or below average team. It is absolutely wild, like how night and day the Sabres can look sometimes. I mean, Uka Pekalukan made some ridiculous saves, too. He was great last night. That's just the way it goes sometimes, but we're back for a 10-gamer tonight. I actually, like, going over the ownership and the lines on the slate, it's actually really wide open. There are a couple of chalky spots that we're used to being chalky that we'll talk about. Um, <laughs> Cliffy blinked twice for help. <laughs> He's fine. Not holding him hostage or anything, but yeah, no. But there's there's some really good matchups on this slate. There are three lines above twenty one thousand, and you can make a case for all of them. It's not like there's one where it's like, wow, this is a really bad spot on the road. You can play like you can legitimately play all three of them in single entry. So I do really like this slate, and let's get into it. But before we do, you can use the promo code value or click the link in the description below to get lineup generator package for four ninety five. This is a Cyber Monday deal, and it ends tomorrow. So if you're interested in the lineup generator package, today is the day, actually. It ends today. I'm sorry. I thought today was the 27th. It is the 28th. The lineup generator is the perfect tool for building lineups for main slate and showdown contest. The showdown's just for NFL. Uh, you can pick the types of lineups you want, chalky, contrarian. You can lock a player. You can uh, discard or save lineups as you go. You can swap players into the lineup by salary projection and ownership, ability to stack NFL contests. You can have runbacks, et cetera. So if you're interested in the lineup generator package, you can click the link in the description below. Get that for $4.95. That ends tonight. Let's get into this slate. The New York Islanders with a 2.7 total heading into Newark, New Jersey. Not a fun trip either. The Devils have a 3.3 total. Uh, Nico Huescher returned. The last game on the line with Jesper Bratt and Andre Palat. That looks like it's going to be a line. Again, Hughes with Toffoli and Mercer. Islanders status quo. Not too much ownership here on the Islanders. Top line, I think that is perfectly fine. Not super interested in playing them. The second line, super cheap at 12800 coming in around 2%. Uh, they'll probably see a fair bit of the Hughes to Foley Mercer line. I think, you know, that's fine in MME. I don't know if I'm going to get there in one to three. The more interesting side to me is the Devils. I kind of like, I, I think if you want to use the Hughes to Foley Mercer line, I think that's perfectly fine. They're going to see a bunch of that. Um, I under second line, Nelson Palmieri and Engvall, which is by far their best line. They have been a bit leaky defensively recently. They, they're more trading chances than normal. But it's still the toughest matchup. So I kind of like the Husher Bratt Palat line. They're getting less than half the ownership as the top line. You still get two guys on the top power play. You're saving $4,200 and they're getting a better matchup five on five. So for me, I like the Husher line the best. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, not a lot of ownership on Bratt. Husher Palat, 4.4%. Um, and Brad and Platt have been pretty good together this year. Now, some of that sample is with Michael McLeod when everybody was injured. The 4.2 expected goals, 3.1 actual goals uh, per 60 minutes at 5-on-5. Five five. Obviously, you get Brad and Hisher on the top power play unit. Um, the Islanders' penalty kill has looked bad at times this year, like just flat-out bad. Um, they don't take a ton of penalties, but they're at 3.2 times shorthanded per game. Like, that's... 
it's below average, but it's not like, you know, down in the St. Louis range where, you know, they're hardly taking any penalties. Um, you know, league average is 3.4. So three, you know, 3.2 is a little bit lower, but it's not that extreme. Um, they, I kind of agreed that I think they're going to be in a little bit of a better matchup um, going up against Horvat uh, and Barzal, but it's like, whoa. How like it's like how often do I want to make a New Jersey stack and leave J- Jack Hughes off of it? And it's actually funny that I say that because I'm pretty sure I did that on on Saturday when Hisher returned and I just left Jack Hughes off and put Hisher in. But um, you know, Hughes and Toffoli have just been really like really good this year. Uh, three expected goals, three point one actual goals. Jack has twenty three shots in four games since returning from injury. Um, I think you can rely on them for a little bit more ice time. Like Hughes and Brat will probably be one, two in ice time. Um, I'm still a little bit worried about his shears. Like, I don't think they necessarily want to run him into the ground. And the same token, they got to start winning some hockey games too, right? Like, it's not like this is a team like the Rangers that has like 15 wins. Like, they're 9-9-1. Nine, nine and one. <laughs> And the Eastern Conference is, is very is very competitive. They don't want to just keep game, giving games away. So I maybe we'll see Hisher's ice time come up a little bit here, but I, I like in general, I agree with you. I think it's Brat, Hisher and Platt that I prefer uh, in this game, just because Brat and Platt have been so good together this year. I'm not a Dawson Mercer guy. I think he's like, he's the type of guy that can excel when he's put with really good line mates. Um, those types of guys I worry about because if, if he has one bad period, he's back down on the third or fourth line or something like that, right? Like he's he's not committed to staying there. So I agree with you on Brat Hisher Palat. On the Islander side, like it's back to our you know old faithful Islanders too. Uh, Nelson Palmieri uh, and Engvall. Um, I think they're going to see a little bit more of the Hughes line. The Hughes line a little bit leakier defensively. I don't think that's overly surprising to anyone, especially with Dawson Mercer there. So. Hisher line on the devil side, Nelson line, uh, Nelson Palmieri line on the Islander side. I like the devil side better, but I'm also not sure this is one of the games where I'm going to be going for a stack. Yeah. And like rerun for president said in chat, Sorokin has been off the season, but I still hate the idea of playing line against him. Like I do too. And it's a 10 game slate. If this was a five game slate, it'd be much different, but like 10 game in one lineup, and like, don't like Sorokin's been on a little bit of a heater late too, right? Like, maybe he's starting to finally turn his season around. Like, he just had a forty safe shutout. And he has a nine thirty one save percentage in his last five games. So that looks more like the Sorokin we know. That makes me nervous because if that's the guy rolling into New Jersey, I do not want to stack against him. It's just you know, is it going to be him? I guess we'll find out. Yeah, maybe he gave up playing Xbox with Igor Shosturkin and concentrated on saving the pucks. Maybe Igor needs to give up the Xbox. He also has a kid, but so I, I feel for him there. Florida Panthers with a 3.1 total heading into Toronto. The Leafs have a 3.5 total. William Nylander and Mitch Marner have swapped spots. So Austin Matthews is now with William Nylander and Matt Nees. Tavares with Marner and Bertuzzi. That is interesting. Um, Leafs finally putting their two best players together, Matthews and Nylander. This is an interesting game because the Leafs' issues are not offensive. They're going to score. That's what they do. But they also give up a ton of goals. 
And if you look at the ownership on Florida, specifically that top line again, like I, I know they're gonna get they're gonna go into that Matthews Nylander knees matchup, but like this team, this is the Leafs team who just gave a hat trick to hat trick to Jason Dickinson. Like they have issues on the blue line, they have issues in net. Wool is their better goalie, and he's starting tonight, but he still hasn't been you know anything spectacular this season. I kind of like going back to Florida one here. On the Leafs side, I know Matthews and Neyland are going to get that Barkov matchup. But, but, like, okay. So, like, they're a high-event team. They're back-to-back on the road. They're coming in with positive leverage. They're the same price. They're a little bit cheaper than – no, they're a little bit more expensive than the Jack Hughes line, a little bit less expensive than the Edmonton top line. But, like, 21-1, you get – Nylander Matthews on the top power play. Knees isn't a third wheel that you you like automatically leave off like some of these other lines. Like you could play them if you want. You can leave them off if you want. But like this is a really, really good spot despite the five on five matchup for Matthews and Nylander. Yeah, I'll I'll just start on the Florida side. Like I think they're their their team total today is like third or fourth amongst all the road teams. So it's not like they're expecting Florida f- you know, to fall flat on their face. And we saw yesterday they can carve up a power play or a penalty kill pretty easily while they're on the power play. Um, I, somebody in our discord made that point a couple of weeks ago when Barkoff was hurt, like him being back in the lineup, I think more than, I mean, it helps everywhere. He's just, I think he's a hard trophy candidate at this point, but um, just on the power play, it just gives them a much better puck handler than they have basically everywhere else on the power play. So, um, I do like the Florida top line, but I think I, there are reasons to play the Florida top line. Like you said, um, no ownership. There's going to be a lot more ownership on Florida too on both sites. And I think they're going to be pretty chalky actually over on um, FanDuel. The Toronto side is kind of what I like here, like 9.4% on the top line. You know, if that's a 10% top line, not ideal for 10 games late. I don't think it's that bad. Um, the big note is Nylander moving up to that top line. Like if you look at the numbers over the last couple of years or the last couple of seasons, I should say um, with Nylander on the top line, the offensive numbers have been a lot better, like literally a full goal higher per 60 minutes than when Matthews is with his playing with anybody else. I think that speaks partly to the struggles that him and Marner have had over the last season and a quarter, but especially especially this year, like Marner, I know you like to slag him. I think he's a lot better player than, than maybe we give him credit for sometimes, but he is, he's an elite winger and he just hasn't looked like that so far this year. I do think it makes them weaker defensively. I don't think the, even if Marner's a little bit hampered or whatever, I still think Marner is a much better defensive winger uh, than Nylander is. It'll make Toronto one a little bit more likely to trade chances. And that's why like, I don't mind going back to Florida one here tonight, because if you're going to trade chances against Barkov and Reinhardt, they're probably going to burn you eventually. And we know, we know the Leafs goaltending won't probably won't hold up um, in the long term. but I do like uh, Nylander being up there. Like, even though he's on point, like I wrote him up in the picks article uh, once again, free to read um, almost every day up at stochastic.com. Pointless in his last two games, but he played 48 minutes in those two games. 
Um, he's gone 15 straight games with a, with at least three shots on goal. Like he is staying involved, basically game in and game out. Um, if the Matthews numbers this year are kind of a reflection on on Marner's struggles, probably going to turn around pretty quickly with Nylander beside him. So I agree with you. I like going to Toronto one here. Um, leave Nice there. Like he's looked pretty good next to Matthews. I thought in whatever little bits I've been able to watch of those games. Um, Marner's been shooting a little bit more. So if you want to go down to Toronto too and save some money, I think that's fine. Like Tyler Bertuzzi there is a better third wheel than they've had basically, I don't know, ever since Zach Hyman left, I guess. Um, but I do like Toronto one, the, the best in this game. Like if they come in nine, 10%, like I, I feel like that's perfectly fine for this matchup. Um, should also mention Florida is taking quite a, not quite a big, a fair amount of penalties um, so far this season. They're sitting, um, sorry, they're sitting at 3.2. They're not taking a, a lot of penalties, sorry. They're sitting at 3.2 per game. Toronto's power play has been hot and cold, but I I don't think Florida's goaltending is up to the task on the penalty kill either. So I'll just say flat out, I like both top lines best in this game, especially on the Florida side. I don't want to go chase what should be a much higher on second line. Um, it would be both top lines here or probably just move along. Yeah. And, you know, that point about the power play, it's always a bit worrisome back-to-back on the road. Maybe they take a couple more, but, like, I I, I think just playing nice or knees, however you pronounce it, with them makes some sense because he's definitely going to be the lowest down of the trio. Like, that cumulative line will come in around 10%. You could see, like, 18 19% Matthews, 15% Nylander, and then, like, 7% on the third guy. But, yeah. Carolina Hurricanes with a 3.3 total heading into Philadelphia. The Flyers have a 2.7 total. Looks like uh, Andrei Svechnikov moving to the top line with Jarvis and Ajo which is going to be very nice. I don't know if this is the best matchup for it um, in Philadelphia. Tortorella loves to really grind that pace to a halt when he's at home. But Svechnikov actually scored the other day. He looked, he actually got the puck on net and it goes in. Imagine that. So I, I do like uh, Aho Jarvis and Svechnikov. They have a 3.3 road total. I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at. They're expecting goals in this game. We'll have to wait and see on the on the ownership rerun because we have Tara Vinen currently up on the top line and Sveshnikov on the second line, but we'll rerun that uh, shortly and we'll have to see the ownership. I imagine it bumps up a little bit, but nothing egregious to the point where you're going to want to fade them. On the flyer side, like they're cheap. The top line of Katorie, Konechny, Forrester, 14K, a little bit of negative leverage. Normally, this isn't a good matchup, but like the the, the Hurricanes goaltending have has been putrid. Like it's one of these spots. Like they're a good defensive team, awful goaltending. I don't mind getting to some Katoria Konechny in MME at that price. Like it's it's a price driven thing. It's lowish ownership, and it's against a bad goalie. <laughs> you know, anything can happen in the Carolina goalie could have a shutout tonight. But like their goaltending has been real bad. Yeah, um, Carolina goaltending on the penalty kill seven fifty, so they're letting in one goal on every four shots while they're on the penalty kill. Like that's absolutely incredible stuff. Um, 
I agree with you on Carolina one. I'm a big fan of getting uh, Sveshnikov up there. When the, when we have the rerun, I don't think ownership will honestly go up that much just because Teravainen, uh, at least on DraftKings, because Teravainen and Sveshnikov um, are basically the same price, only $100 difference, and they're both on the top power play unit. So I don't know if it'll really change a whole lot. But yeah, not expecting a lot of ownership uh, on that top line, 1.1% uh, uh, projected. It is a tough matchup going into Philadelphia because they will face Couturier and Konechny. And with Forrester there, they've been pretty good defensively to expect the goals against 1.8 actual goals against per 60 minutes. The flip side of that is this particular iteration of the Carolina top line has been phenomenal over the years, basically since Seth Jarvis stepped into the league. Over around 350 minutes together, it's 4.2 expected goals for, 4.3 actual goals for. Those are just absurd offensive numbers. And you mentioned Svechnikov starting to get going. That's a guy that I, I wrote about in my picks article again today. One thing was just hitting the net. Like he was missing, he was missing the net or getting a shots block on over 60% of his attempts at, in his first eight games back. Um, over his last yeah, four games, it's been closer to. Um, about 50%, which is a, still a little low, but it's certainly a lot better. You know, he's got points in four straight games. Um, I really do like that Carolina top line. I, what bothers me is like, you don't want to go up against Couturier and Konechny because they have been pretty good defensively. And the Philly penalty kill, surprisingly, I mean, surprisingly or not, I don't know. Depends what you think of of some of their pieces. The, the Flyers penalty kill is generally been pretty good this year um i was just looking like over the like the last four weeks like fifth fewest shot attempts against on the penalty kill bottom 10 by goals against like it's not like carolina has a great power play anyway it has been good i just think it is a tough matchup i still like carolina one though i think this is the best possible line that they can put together but like i always say or not always say that I've been saying more lately with Carolina. If you play the Hurricanes, you probably should include a defenseman with them, whether it's a uh, power play defenseman uh, on the top power play unit uh, with Brent Burns, uh, whether you just want to throw somebody like Brett Pesci on the blue line or something like that. They run so much offense from their defense that I don't like making Carolina stacks without a defenseman. So that's kind of the other thing that you have to factor in here, but I really do like Carolina one. Um, Carolina two is kind of interesting. They're not coming in with a ton of ownership. Um, Natchez and Kakaniemi over a hundred minutes without Sveshnikov, about three expected goals, about three actual goals per 60 minutes, five on five. Kakaniemi scored the other day. So we'll get one guy in the top power play unit. I don't think they're that bad of an option. I just think it's worth paying up an extra couple thousand dollars on DraftKings and just going to play the top line. So Carolina one on the Philly side, like you said, uh, it's a bad matchup against the skaters, but it's a tremendous matchup against the goaltending. Uh, like you're just kind of waiting for the goaltending to get better. Maybe it just actually doesn't. Um, but Couturier, Konechny, Forster, um, they've been pretty good. At least Couturier and Konechny have been pretty good at generating offense. Three expected goals per 60 minutes. Couturier and Konechny both on the same power play unit. Uh, Konechny still over 20 shot attempts per 60 minutes over his last six games. So I do like both top lines here. I don't particularly like the matchup for Philly three, Faraby, Brink, and Paling, but Paling's been kind of good for that team this year. Brink has some pretty good playmaking metrics. Um, Faraby, I think, is one probably the most underrated player on that roster. I don't mind taking like a two-man from Philly three 
It's just a brutal matchup against Jordan Stahl. That's kind of it. I, I think they're fine to go to, though, if you really need to dumpster dive here tonight. But, yeah, both top lines. I mean, Carolina went ahead. Yeah, I definitely like Carolina on the best in this game. Let's move on to the St. Louis Blues with a 2.9 total heading into Minnesota. The Wild have a 3.5 total. Dina Vason out. John Hines in. Looks like they're on a pig. Still a pig. Lines are pretty much the same for Minnesota. Kaprizov, Zuccarello, Rossi, Joel Erickson, Eck, Matthew Boldy, Marcus Johansson, and then Felino, Gaudreau, and Maroon because Hartman is suspended. Blues going with Thomas Buchnevich and Jake Neighbors, which they're getting no ownership tonight. Like, and I get it. They're getting Joel Erickson Eck, but like the Joel Erickson Eck line with the iteration with Boldy and Marcus Johansson, not exactly the shutdown line that Joel Erickson Eck, Marcus Felino, and Jordan Greenway were. So, like, in MME, getting a tiny bit of that St. Louis one line, I think is fine. Like, Jake Neighbors, they're really giving him a shot, which is nice to see. He's a first round draft pick a few years ago. Um, fits in there. Kind of sucks that it's at Jordan Kyrou's expense. Like, you don't, you, I kind of wanted Thomas Buchanavich Kyrou to get a nice run, but neighbor's not the worst replacement in the world. Um, outside of that, on the Blues, I don't have too much interest. For me, it's the Minnesota side that I'm interested in. If, like, I, there's more ownership on the Joe Erickson Eck line than the Kaprizov Zuccarello Rossi line. And for that reason, one of the reasons. I'm gonna. I, I prefer the Rossi Zuccarello Capers offline. I know Capers off. Poor Capers off hasn't had the best season. Zuccarello playmaking has come in and out. Uh, and Rossi, you know, we've talked about Rossi ad nauseum. But you know, they're starting to play pretty well. There isn't a matchup on the Blues that really worries me. This game's in Minnesota, so that line's going to see you know the the Kyrou Hayes sob line and whatever there. You know what I mean. Bennington and that, whatever there. I like Minnesota. Yeah. The interesting thing about St. Louis one, Thomas Buchnevich neighbors is that they're all, it's perfectly correlated on the power play. They're all on the top power play unit. Now the St. Louis power play, you can probably tell how bad it's been by the fact that Jake neighbors is now on the top power play unit while they're getting, uh, they're minimizing Jordan Kyrou's role. Uh, that kind of sucks for Kyrou. But yeah, Jordan Kyrou moved to the second power play unit, moved down the lineup. Jake Neighbors has moved up in a spot. I, I, how much can one coach fix basically overnight, right? Um, they had a pretty long morning skate today, but this penalty kill for Minnesota has legitimately been terrible. All season long, like it's not just the goaltending that has been bad for this Minnesota penalty kill. They're giving up the second most shots while they're shorthanded. The only team that's worse is San Jose. Um, probably shouldn't laugh. Washington, uh, Washington knows that feeling all too well. Washington sucks. Yeah, they're do they not. ever? Um, but Minnesota's penalty kill has been absolutely atrocious. The thing with John Hines is he's he's probably a guy that's going to coach Minnesota well because Minnesota for, I don't know, their entire uh, franchise existence since um, they got the, they got the team back has been a grinded down defensive team, like for like 20 plus years now. And he's a guy that loves grinding down games, right? Like watch the Nashville Predators from a couple years ago, watch the Nashville Predators this year. It is night and day. 
Um, he's a guy that really likes to, you know, not play high event hockey. I actually think that doesn't really hurt St. Louis that much because they're not a team that thrives off the rush or anything like that. They're, they are a team that likes to grind out games as well. I don't mind St. Louis one here. Like you said, it's not the same matchup um, for with, you know, with Boldy and Johansson there or, you know, Maroon and Felino, whichever matchup that ends up being. It's not the same as when they had Felino, Godro and, and Eric Sinek all skating together. And that penalty kill is abysmal. Um, they're not coming in with any ownership either. Um, 0.1% ownership on DraftKings here tonight. Maybe you don't need to dumpster dive that. I should say dumpster dive. Maybe you don't need to dive that far down. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should say it. Um, you know, maybe you don't need to d- dive that far down a single entry, but I don't mind. Like people were lining up to to, to play against Minnesota, to play DFS players against Minnesota for like the last month. I don't know why we would just abandon that completely now because there's a there's been a new coach in town for 20 hours. Um, the Minnesota side for me, they're just. There are good matchups. Honestly, none of their lines were playing well. Um, You know, Minnesota 2 under, you know, basically even by expected goals for and against. Minnesota 1 a little bit better. I think a lot of it is pretty much just their playmaking. They're coming with a lot of ownership. Like, I don't know. Maybe there's a new coach bump here or something tonight. Maybe um, he really helps them grind down a game and and Kaprizov can get on the board a couple times. Considering that a very, very bad Minnesota team looks to be chalky here tonight and what I think is a little bit of a better St. Louis team looks to have absolutely no ownership, makes me kind of want to play the Blues here. So I do like the St. Louis top line. I think the best in this matchup for tournaments. Yeah, and just to reiterate that point, the other night we were storming the gates to play Thomas Buchnevich in Cairo. Like Jake Neighbors at this point in his career is a Walmart Cairo. So like why why aren't you interested in playing him? So it feels like that feels like some Cairo slander, and I'm not sure I like it. No, it's it's not Cairo slander. I'm just saying neighbors is a developing player that could turn into a Cairo like player. Okay, mate. Oh fine. It's Cairo slander. You've been red pilled by house, man. Don't 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 let that happen to you. I'm not red pilled. We don't have time. <laughs> now I can't I don't even know what I, I don't want to read it sign up using the link in the description box below to get access to the best NHL data and tools in the industry player and ownership projections top stacks tools line combinations and access to the discord will where Hoss will teach you how to cook a ribeye in a catering tray not really don't take his cooking advice but he is in chat and he is an interesting fella we love him though uh, also, if you get into that Discord and you have strategy questions, lineup questions, anything like that, um, there are plenty of people willing to answer those questions for you. Cliffy and Iro is in there. Jake and his Giga Chat jawline is in chat. Bunch of sharp members in there. Um, so yeah, take advantage of the tools. Click that link in the description. You can do weekly. You can do monthly. You can add on Fantasy Cruncher. You can leave off Fantasy Cruncher. Thank you, Fantasy Cruncher. Pittsburgh Penguins with a 3.1 total. Heading into Nashville, the Predators have a three total. Looks like Brian Rust is going to be back tonight. He's going to slot in on that top line, probably go right back to the top power play. Drew O'Connor, we thank you for your service. Back to the bottom six you go. 
which is fine because Lars Eller, Redeem, Zahorna, and Drew O'Connor have been very good this season. No need to go there tonight, though, unless you're like power play stacking Edmonton. Interesting, interestingly enough, I like both top lines here. Now, I kind of like Nashville one here. They're at home. And I'll tell you why. Crosby Gensel Rust line has been very good offensive, offensively, but they trade chances like nobody's business. And I have no faith in the Pittsburgh blue line or the Pittsburgh goaltending. Now Yari has his games where he'll have like a 40 save shutout or whatever. I just, I'm just not buying it on a night to night basis. I like Nashville one here. They're coming in with a little bit of positive leverage on the flip side. For the same reason, I like Pittsburgh one more so because you get it's a fully correlated line if Rust is there. And Nashville's penalty kill is so bad that even the Pittsburgh Penguins power play might score against them. I mean, that feels that feels pretty bold. Um, yeah, I, I, I Pittsburgh's top line has been trading chances like. Three, 4.3 uh, expected goals for, 3.1 expected goals against per 60 minutes, five actual goals for, 3.6 against per 60 minutes. That is basically the definition of trading chances. Um, their problem has been the power play. It's just been really, really bad. Like it, it, it was kind of mediocre last year. It's just been bad this year. And that's a little bit of a problem because you're right. The Nashville penalty kill itself has not been good this year. Um, third most goals against per minute um, so far this season. A lot of that is goaltending, 793 save percentage while shorthanded. Like that could be 100 points higher and I wouldn't blink an eye. Um, Saros has been playing a little bit better. We'll talk about goalies um, later in the show. But yeah, that Pittsburgh top line has been great. I'm wondering what ownership is going to look like because we just got, you know, we got the news not that long ago that Brian Russ would be back. It was probably like 10 minutes before we got on air. So we'll see what the top stacks look like. I imagine it's going to be low single digits for ownership. Um, And it's perfectly fine to play them. Thing is, is Nashville's top line has been great since Nyquist got there and like legitimately great at both ends of the ice. 3.4 expected goals for per 60 minutes at five on five uh, with Nyquist on the top line, 5.7 actual goals per 60 minutes. So obviously they're riding a little bit hot, um, but they're still creating a lot. Only 2.2 expected goals against 1.9 actual goals against like they, they're, they've been dominant at five on five. And that's a problem for Pittsburgh because if they don't get there at five on five, they're not getting there tonight. I, I mean, they're probably almost certainly not getting there tonight because they're not putting up three power play goals or something like that. They like, they just can't do it. Um, That's why I kind of like the Nashville side here. And I know they're coming in chalkier. Like I imagine Pittsburgh's probably going to be around 2%. Once we get that new run, Um, the Nashville top lines coming in around 6.2% on DraftKings, but like 6.2%, I find that perfectly acceptable. And Nashville is drawing a lot of power plays. They're at 4.1 power plays per game this season, tied for the third most in the league. The only teams that are drawing more are Ottawa and Detroit. So they're at the top of the Western Conference for drawing power plays. Um, Again, perfectly correlated top unit. Philip Forsberg's just been on an absolute tear of late. Um, He has like 10 goals in his last 11 games or something like that. The top line's just been really, really good all year and even better with Nyquist. 
Nashville won for me. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On that side, the question is what to do with Pitt 2. Because I think there is merit to playing the Pittsburgh second line here tonight. Because there's after the Nashville top line, there's not a matchup I'm worried about on the Nashville side, right? Um, so if you get like Malkin, Smith, um, and Alex Nylander or whatever, what have you, I think you can just do like a Malkin, Smith, two-man. Um, we'll see what happens. But they have a pretty good matchup going up against the second and third lines from Nashville. So I think I like Pittsburgh, too, a little bit better here tonight. So Nashville won far and away for me, and then Pittsburgh, too, and then that's probably it from this one. Yeah. Um I mean, uh, Forsberg had a really good season last year with Duchesne. You know I mean? Like, they were really wild chalk for, like, the second half of the season. Ryan O'Reilly is a better player. I mean, for me, I don't want to go too long. I think Forsberg just needed the right coach. Like, you know, speaking of the Minnesota Wild and John Hines, like, wait until you see what Kaprizov looks like under John Hines. All you have to go do is look at what Forsberg looked like the last couple years when they weren't – when he wasn't shooting 22% or something like that. Wasn't pretty at times. Yeah. Like Russell Wilson on the Broncos. Gotta let him cook. He still sucks. Um, Dallas, Dallas Stars with a 3.1 total. Heading into Winnipeg, the Jets have a 2.9 total. There was a chance that uh Gabriel Velarde would be back tonight. He is out. He should be he might be back on Thursday against Edmonton. And we cannot wait. That line is just peak nitrous. Here we are. This is a flow chart. This is the flowiest chart to ever chart tonight. This is a bad matchup, no ownership. If you know anything about the flow chart, that just screams, play them. Now, I've been defending Ottinger way more than I should recently. He's actually not been great recently. This is just lining up for a flow chart smash. I just... Like, can you get there in single entry? I think it's possible. Like, it is honestly possible because they're coming in with under 1% ownership. I don't know. Like, are you considering them in single entry? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, at least two-thirds of the line. Like, Alex, I follow. Like, we are very much looking forward to Gabriel Vardy getting <laughs> back in the lineup because, man, I can't do it with I follow anymore. Um, one goal. I think it's one goal in 16 games or something like that. Um, 15 shots in his last 10 games. Um, pointless in his last five. Like, he's being carried by Shifley and Connor at this point. 
the big note is the way that they do their line matching, right? Like we talk about it all the time. When Winnipeg's at home, they send out the Lowry line against the top line. So that's, you know, the Pavelski hits Robertson line. Assuming they're together, um, we didn't get a lineup this morning from Dallas. We're just assuming those guys are still together. And then Winnipeg puts out a second line against the opposing second line. So, you know, that'll be Sagan and, and Marchman and those guys. And then they use the Shifley Connor line against the third, fourth lines from the opposition. And Johnston, that Johnston Ben Dodonoff line has struggled all year long. They've been a little bit better of late, but still basically break even by expected goal share. Like at best, it's been a 50 50 line. And with Ottinger struggles of late, they've been getting the, you know, filled in um, goals wise. I sh- really should have worded that better. They, they've been getting obliterated goals wise. Um, <laughs> so I do like Winnipeg one, like even with I follow, they're not doing a whole lot. Three expected goals, 3.4 actual goals per 60 minutes over the last three weeks together. Um, Dallas is, you know, taking penalties. They're slightly above average in giving up power plays per game. Um, you know, the Winnipeg top guys are going to play all their minutes. Like this Winnipeg top line, I do like them in this particular matchup here tonight, going out against the Johnson Ben line, um, getting sub, maybe getting sub 1% ownership here tonight. Um, the other lines like Winnipeg two, Winnipeg three have kind of seen their play fall off a little bit where Winnipeg's ones hasn't. Um, so Winnipeg one for me on that side, on the Dallas side, like, I think it's back to our boys, the Sagan, Marchment, Duchesne line, or bust. I'm going to be honest. The only line I'm, I'm, I'm usually in on uh, Winnipeg, um, on Dallas depth. Sorry, um, but I think the only line I genuinely like in this game is the Winnipeg top line. Yeah, I like. Oh, dogs are excited about that too. Oh boy, flowchart and dog barking for Winnipeg one. Oof. Oof. Boy. Yeah, we know what that means. Pain. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but, exactly that but yeah, like Dallas has just been a weird team, right? Like the ownership is enticing, but like I'm to the point where I've gotten burned by them in single entry so many times. Like I need to see it. Like show me something. And then and then we can talk about it. Yeah. Seattle Kraken with a 3.4 total heading into Chicago. The Blackhawks have a 2.6 total. Corey Perry got released today. Those room. I'm not going to comment on those rumors. There's not enough time, nor is it necessary. Oh. Chalk Seattle again. I mean, just price them above 12,000. Like make them like 14.2. And then you'll see their ownership drop in half. Like 12K flat for Tolvin and Bjorkstrand Gord. 12.9 for McCann, Beneers, Everly. Like, okay, like they're good five on five lines. And you don't really play Seattle for the power play anyway, because their units are spread across nine lines in the press box. So, like, I think, I think like ownership agnostic, right? You have to like take ownership out of the equation for me to like Seattle. I, I think both those lines are in play. You throw ownership into the equation, and it, like I still think it's fine. It feels awful. 
Like it feels terrible to stack chalky Seattle, but it, it's like it's just wild price driven. Twelve thousand, you can fit them in with the Devils. You can fit them in with Edmonton. You can fit them in with all the expensive stuff. So just be aware if you really like Seattle tonight, you can play him. Like ownership at, at the end of the day doesn't matter as long as your lineup is unique. So like I kind of like Seattle here. On the flip side, like Bedard one off, or we'll. We'll see you on the next slate, Chicago. Yeah. Um, Seattle's actually less chalky on FanDuel. The Bjorkstrand, Tolvin, and Gord line, only 2.4% because they are priced up um, a little bit over on FanDuel. So maybe they make a better play over there. Like, I agree with you. The ownership is high. What I will say is that, at the very least, the Tolvin and Bjorkstrand Gord line is A, playing well, and B, actually scoring, which is something that almost the rest of the team is not doing. Um, 130 minutes together so far this season, three expected goals per 60 minutes for the Gord line, 3.3 actual goals per 60 minutes. As you mentioned, they're splitting up the, the power. Like Gord just isn't on a power play. Uh, Bjorkstrand is on quote, the second power play unit, which is the Sh- Justin Schultz unit. Uh, Tolvanen's on the top power play unit, which is, uh, the Vince Dunn unit and the Vince Dunn unit has been a lot better. It's why I wrote up Tolvanen specifically. Uh, in my picks article today is because I think he makes a decent one-off uh, here tonight because they have been getting more minutes, right? Like minutes are always a concern with, you know, with these teams. Um, but Tolvin is playing basically 17 minutes a game over the last couple weeks, which is like higher than what he normally gets. Um, six points in his last seven games. Again, the line is playing well. You're going to get, I mean, the matchups don't matter from Chicago. So I don't even know why I brought that up. Um, but he, but he's also on the better power play unit and the Chicago penalty kill, like it's, it's not awful, but it, they're not elite either. It's not something to really be worried about. So I do like the, the Gord Tolvin in line best. I think Tolvin is fine as a one-off. Um, they said, uh, Andrew Podorowski is coming in for Brandon Tanev on the second line. Um, maybe they move Cartier up or something like that. Maybe there's a late swap t- opportunity to get a low line combination or something. I guess we'll find out, but you know, that'll be something late because this is one of the later games. Um, but I do like the Tolvin in line. I'm more specifically like him as a one-off here tonight on the Chicago side. Seattle's penalty kills terrible. Like that's, you know, they have been getting better at five on five, which you know, obviously you want to get better at five on five as the season wears on. Uh, the penalty kill really has not. Um, they're still over 10 goals against per 60 minutes over their last uh, 10 games. Um, Chicago power play, not elite, but, you know, that top line with um, Kershev and, and Bedard there, you do get two out of the three guys on the top power play. And I think like a Bedard Kershev two man is perfectly fine here tonight. Um, you know, they're not coming in with very much ownership. Um, with uh, Felino there, we're showing under 2% ownership on that Chicago top line. Seattle goaltending doesn't worry me. Like, I honestly think, including ownership, I like the Chicago top line the best in this game. Um, but because of price and ownership, I do like the Tolvin in line a little bit from the Seattle side. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get to Chicago one and single entry, but like uh, Bedard, Seth Jones, two man would interest me or, or I don't even know. Wow. Kevin Korchinski, bud. Kevin Korchinski and Bedard. I still think Seth Jones is fine. We'll get to defenseman at the end, but like 
Yeah, you could throw him with Kurashev. I just, uh, just sinkholes. This game needs sinkholes. That's what they need. As we mentioned off the top, we are sponsored by Better Picks, and you can get, you can double your first deposit up to five hundred dollars. Better Picks takes the traditional fantasy picking contest concept and amplifies it with the ability to win up to 100x your entry if you correctly select up to eight picks they do nfl nba mlb nhl and more it's basically um like uh you pick more or less than their projected points something like that forget and they don't have any ties or pushes better picks keeps the excitement flowing with no pushes allowed Every pick counts and every decision matters as you strive for victory. Remember, the legal age for gambling in most states is 21 plus, except for Kentucky, where it's 18. And if you or someone else you know has a gambling problem, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Tampa Bay Lightning with a 3.4 total heading into Arizona. The Coyotes have a 3.2 total. (sighs) The numbers with Logan Cooley on the top line are weird because if you look at their numbers, they're underwater by shot share, but they're outscoring their opponents by expected goals. Right? Or did I read it wrong? No, they're getting absolutely creamed. Yeah, okay. I read it right. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, just, NPC, so, yeah. 38 shot attempts for 57 against per 60 minutes with Cooley there. Yeah. It, they're just getting run over. And interestingly enough, you look, if you, if you take the top stacks tool and you sort it by leverage, most positive leverage on the slate, Tampa Bay one, Kucherov point Hagel. They are 21, six. They are very expensive. This is on the road. But they have a large road total, three point four on the road. Back to back on the road too, you should say. Yeah, back to back on the road. Sorry, yeah, it's the highest road total on the slate, tied with Seattle. And if we're if if we're being serious, I would much rather play Tampa top line at three point four than these idiotic Kraken at the same total. So, like, I I do really like Tampa one here. Obviously, it's a much different price point. I guess you can go like okay. Your boy, Michael Esmont, looks like he belongs on that line. Thank you. Yeah. He is an energizer bunny. And not the bad kind, like Dylan Dubé. Like, he actually looks like he belongs there. Maybe he turns that line around. That line is pretty negatively leveraged. But it's only 13,100. So, like, you can take bits and pieces from there. (laughs) Uh, we the dogs made their lineup, um, but yeah. So I, I like both Tampa top lines here. I don't care. It's back to back on the road. It is Connor Ingram that, and he has been very very good this season. But like, they're goalies. On the flip side, that top line, I don't like the line combination with Cooley up there. I'd go back to the Kraus Bukestad Michelli line. They're very high on though. Like the depth in this game is so negatively leveraged. It's fine, but like. Just be aware of what, like, you're going to get some pretty chalky, cheap guys. Yeah, it's it's Tampa one I like best in this game, and it's it's nowhere close. Like, 
Um, you know, we talk about how Arizona has struggled without Yusuf Alamaki. It's been, I think, five games now with them. Like, they're bottom five in the league by expected goal share. Again, it's only five games, but they're still missing their best defensive defenseman. Um, you know, Tampa's top line just over the last three weeks, 3.6 expected goals, 3.3 actual goals per 60 minutes. Kucherov at 26 shot attempts per 60 minutes by himself in that span. Um, Braden Point, 31 shots in his last 10 games. Like, I don't, I shouldn't say I don't care that it's back to back on the road, but they've, they just did this like three weeks ago when they went into Toronto. And then the very next game, you know, kind of like they went into Colorado last night. And then the very next game, they went into Montreal and put up five goals. Um, they can do that on anybody, especially a team that's probably that looks like they're headed for the, for the draft lottery or might be anyway. So yeah, it's Tampa one. I like here by a lot, like um, Kucherov still shooting a lot. Like I said, Braden points been getting in on the shot action, Brandon Hagel, his uh, scoring chance contributions uh, per 60 minutes, like even better than last year. And he was like top 30 in the league last year. Like he's just been an absolute menace for them. There is no matchup I'm worried about on the Arizona side whatsoever. Five on five, penalty kill, goaltending, don't care. Um, I think this is a pretty good spot to go to Tampa Bay one um, at reasonably low ownership. Like you said, um, 6.6% for the top line, 17.6% top two percentage. Like that seems like a pretty good deal to me against the Arizona Coyotes. So do like Tampa one. For a cheap line, I would probably go to Arizona two. Um, yeah, they are going to be fairly chalky here tonight. They might get up even close to double digits. But it's still Jonas Johansson in that for Tampa Bay. It's not going to be Andre Vasilevsky. Um, the second line was Sorelli and Stamkos. Again, as we've been saying over and over, like they're not good together. Um, they weren't good last night, obviously. Um, you know, I think that they got to change something about that. Like they just, they can't, they can't keep going like that. They can't have a second line that's just getting run over. Um. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, I would say I still like Arizona, too, even with the chalky ownership. I don't think you have to leave Michelli there. You can if you want to. He's not the guy that shoots, though. Krause has been shooting a lot, 21 shots and four goals in his last five games. So I'd, I would include Krause for sure. So Arizona 2, Tampa 1 for me. But Tampa 1 is, uh, I think I'm fourth in my stack rankings here tonight. So I really do like them a lot. Yeah, and they burned some people last night. Um, not the same matchup. No. They're a different animal. 
Vegas Golden Knights with a three total heading into Edmonton. The Oilers have a 3.5 total. Um, Vegas. Vegas played last night. They went with new lines. Eichel, Stone, St- Stevenson. Nice to see them back together. Marcia so, Carlson, Barbashev, and then Wa, Amadio, and Carrier. Uh, Edmonton going with McDavid, Hyman, Nugent Hopkins, Dry Saddle, Kane, and Connor Brown. Here we go. Like, we were all speculating, oh, McDavid's hurt. He has like 48 points in his last two games. You know what I mean? Like, he just does that from time to time to remind everyone that he's still McDavid. The Oilers still suck, but like, it's fine. We don't play them for their defensive prowess. I think that top line is perfectly fine here. It's McDavid. They're 21 6. They're fully correlated. Now, Vegas doesn't take a ton of penalties, but. McDavid finds a way onto the power play a fair bit. It's just a matter of you, who you want to spend up for tonight because you have the Tampa Ones, you have New Jersey, you have Toronto. They're coming in with positive leverage, almost as much positive leverage as um, Tampa One here. So, you know, again, beating a dead horse with Edmonton's the power play guys you focus on. Anything else, whatever. Vegas side, like, None of these lines for Edmonton do anything for me defensively. I think you can go to Vegas one here. I think you can go to Vegas two. They have a three road total. They are back to back on the road, but again, like Stewie Skinner has looked better, but again, Edmonton not great defensively. So I do have some interest in Vegas. I mean, I get it, but at the same time, it's like, I was hoping they would break up Stone and Stevenson. Like, I was really hoping to see Chandler Stevenson down on the third line. Like, you know when you see in movies when somebody falls through a frozen lake and they get out and all their clothes are wet and somebody's like, oh, you got to get your wet clothes off? Well, it's like Mark Stone fell through the frozen lake and came out with Chandler Stevenson attached to him. And instead of taking the frozen clothes off, they just put more clothes on top of him. Um, That's kind of the way I look at it. Like, Stevenson's just been awful this year. I don't know how else to explain it. He has one scoring chance assist in a hundred and five minutes tracked so far this year. For a comparison's sake, in about the same amount of ice time, Stone has uh, eleven and Jack Eichel has twelve. Like Stevenson's doing nothing. Like he's not a guy that shoots. So if he's not setting up, if he's not setting up scoring chances, he's sure shit not getting them. I don't understand the coaching staff's love for this guy when he's been awful for seven weeks now, like this isn't a bad week or two. He's been bad since game one. That's what's kind of holding me back. If if this line were Barbashev, Eichel, and Stone, I would probably already have them in my lineup. And that's what kind of scares me is like, maybe Eichel and Stone are good enough together that they can carry Stevenson. And maybe I should be playing them regardless if Stevenson's on the top line. But he's a black hole. He like he's not bringing anything. That's the entire problem here. Is like if he's not, he doesn't shoot. So if he's not setting anybody up, it's like what exactly would you say that you do here? Um, now there's no owner. There's low ownership on them. It's like three point two percent per the top stacks tool. Five percent top two stack. Like you said, at, or like we've mentioned often. Um, Edmonton's goaltending has been largely atrocious this year. Maybe the new coach will help um, over the long term. We'll see what happens. Um, Edmonton does take a lot of penalties. 
You get all three guys on the top power play unit. So there are a lot of reasons to play Vegas here. I just wish, like, give me a William Carlson. For the love of God, give me a Brett Howden on the top line. I would take that right now. Um, I don't know. Put Stevenson on the slander list. You know he's going for two goals tonight now. But I am out on Vegas in this matchup. If I'm playing a back-to-back road team here tonight, it's Tampa. And it's, like, it's nowhere close for me. Um, On the Edmonton side... Like Vegas doesn't really take a lot of penalties, 3.1 time shorthand per game. That's below average. And they've been pretty good on the penalty kill. Um, I think I kind of like the second line a little bit better. Uh, Kane, Dreisaitl, and Brown. Like, yeah, okay, McDavid had nine points in two games. Obviously, he smashed. It was Anaheim and it was Washington. Those are probably two of the f- bottom five teams in the league, along with like San Jose, Montreal, Chicago, or whatever. Um, but you know, Kane has still been shooting a lot, 21 shots in his last five games. Um, Leon's expected goals and goals for so far this year are higher without McDavid than with McDavid on his line. Um, they get better matchups going up against Vegas too. I think I like the dry, dry sidle Kane Brown line. Like I think you can leave Brown off and just go dry sidle Kane, but I think I like Edmonton too, the best in this entire game. Yeah. Okay. I I don't know if Clayton's here, but he will definitely make note of the Stevenson nuke there. I I kind of agree with you. It's just like at the same time, here come the Oilers is my favorite pastime. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, I I mean, I'm fully expecting this to backfire. I just, it's, it's something I'd be a lot more excited in if Stevenson was playing like the guy he was last year and not the guy he's been so far in the first two months this year. Seven weeks. Give me William Carrier up there and I will lock them in right now. But yeah. Anaheim Ducks with a 2.6 total heading into Vancouver. The Canucks with the largest total on the slate, 3.9. Andre Kuzmenko back. uh, Back to the top line, probably back to the top power play, I would imagine. Not a tremendous amount of ownership on Vancouver. I think it creeps up because they're pretty cheap. Like that top line is 16,000. Patterson, Mikheyev, and Kuzmenko. Miller, Besser, and Beauvillier, 17-6. This is the Ducks we are talking about. They take an enormous amount of penalties, and their penalty kill is not very good. And if you've watched the show once on a slate with Vancouver on over the past three years, you'd know that the Canucks are heavily reliant on scoring on the power play. So Vancouver checks a lot of boxes here tonight. We'll have to see if Leo Carlson's in the lineup. I, he probably is. I, I just, I don't know. Like you never know what the load management they're using with. This isn't the NBA and it drives me nuts. So for that reason, don't have a ton of interest in, even if it is Carlson, Terry, Kalorn. like I'm not a Kalorn guy, well-established here telling me before the show, Troy Terry doesn't shoot the puck anymore for whatever reason. And so like, yeah, maybe you go to Anaheim too, but there's 17,300 on the road when you can get Pedersen, Kuzmenko and Micaiah for 16,000 Miller, Besser, Bovillier for 17,3. And there's a, a boatloads of lines, 16, 17,000 and better matchups than this McTavish line. So like, yeah, like McTavish one off is fine or, Something with the Ducks power play in MME is fine because Vancouver's penalty kill sucks. But, like, I don't think I'm going to full stack anything from the Ducks here tonight. 
Yeah, the problem with Anaheim's second line, I mean, Tavish for Toronto Strom line, I mean, there's a lot of problems with it. One, they have seen a downturn, 2.4 expected goals over the last 100 minutes together. That's below average. That's not good. They're still scoring, which I think is kind of normal because um, they are a pretty skilled line. But Strom and Vitrano are on the second power play unit. It might actually be the top power play unit if you actually look at the way, at the way that they're actually um, divvying things up. Because like Alex Kalorn, Adam Henrique, top power player, whatever it was last game, like that's just a mess. I, I do like Anaheim 2 over Anaheim 1. Like Troy Terry, uh, I'm a huge fan of his. He has not looked good basically all season long. Only 12 shots total in his last 10 games. Like that's pretty abysmal um i like vancouver one here i will say specifically it's just the vancouver power play stack right like this is probably the best power play spot on the slate because you know not only does anaheim take a ton of penalties like you said they're by far the most penalized team uh in the league this season they're at four and a half times shorthanded per game and no other team is above four so that should give you a little bit of an indication um but the anaheim penalty kills just like not been elite like flirting with the bottom 10 over their last uh 10 games in shots against per 60 minutes generally the season not been good they take so many penalties that they allow a lot anyway Pedersen, McCabe and Kuzmenko is the even strength line I like the best because the reason Kuzmenko was scratched is they started allowing a lot of goals right they were still creating a lot uh, their previous 60 minutes leading up to Kuzmenko getting, getting scratched, 3.6 expected goals, 4.3 actual goals per 60 minutes at 5-on-5. Five five. Those are really, really good offensive numbers. It's just they're at 6.8 goals against because their goalie save percentage was 780. And, you know, seven. just ask Carolina Hurricanes how bad 780 goaltending will make you look. Um, so they're still playing exceptionally well offensively. There's, um, there's no real matchup on the Anaheim side I'm worried about. It's a great power play matchup. So... The even strength line I like the best here is the Pedersen line, but I think I just like the idea of power play stacking one way or another, uh, the Vancouver side. I don't mind playing Anaheim 2 here, probably more for like an MME format, though. I, I just think um, with their sp- with their split power play unit, um, you want to take advantage of the Canucks penalty kill, and it's just not something you can do when those guys are spread across two units. So I do like Anaheim 2 here. I just think it's more of an MME play for me, single entry. Vancouver top line, Vancouver power play, something like that. Yeah, we concur there. 165 you in here. Thank you very much. Make sure to smash that like button. Make sure to subscribe. That helps us out bigly. Um, Let's talk a little bit about defensemen. Quinn Hughes, Roman Yossi, the top of the board there. I think they're both very good plays. Quinn Hughes, $600 more than Yossi. Like Yossi, 7,100. I think that's the cheapest he's been. Well, he was 7K last last game, but yeah, this is the cheapest he's been pretty much all season. Some people will be like, he's still too expensive. He sucks. But like, this is a really good spot for Yossi. Um, I like it there. Petrangelo, one of those primo spots that Haas likes to say. It's a primo spot. But yeah, like the top of the board is very flush with good plays here tonight. Who else you liking? Yeah, um, Pitcherangelo was the guy that I wrote up just because Vegas has those injuries and, you know, Theodore Martinez won't be back tonight. Pitcherangelo, I imagine he's going to play even more minutes than he did last night. He, he was over 24 minutes last night up against McDavid and company. I think 
there's a chance he gets to like 26 or something. And he is blocking a ton of shots this year. Now, you don't want to pay 6,800 on DK just for block shots, uh, but he's a guy that can put up uh, a shot bonus. He's on the top power play unit uh, with Theodore out, and Edmonton does take a lot of penalties. So I do like Petrangelo as well. Uh, the mid price range, the two guys that stand out are Philip Ronick uh, and Darnell Nurse. Um, Chris Latang's all the way down to 4,300. I don't necessarily love him but i think that's a pretty cheap price for what he can do considering that pittsburgh doesn't really thrive on the power play anyway um victor hedman as well uh from tampa bay i just really like uh, tampa bay here tonight there are some cheap guys i like going back to zach Whitecloud. i think is definitely in play uh for vegas he's at 2600 jake mccabe uh 2800 for toronto the two guys actually i should say the four cheap defensemen I like best here, J.J. Moser uh, from Arizona. Um, they're still without Balamaki, obviously. Alex Romanoff from the Islanders. Uh, he's kind of a guy that can shoot and block shots, and he's been getting more minutes because of their injuries. Uh, Luke Hughes from New Jersey running the top power play unit against what's not been a good Islanders penalty kill, and Kevin Korchinski uh, running the power play unit uh, in Chicago. It's been bad, but so is the Seattle penalty kill. So, you know, six of one, half dozen of the other. Yeah, I mean, the only other name that I will mention, I don't think you mentioned it. It was in the mid-range. Where did I go? Uh, Vinny Dunn, 7,200. Don't mind him. I don't I don't think you said him, but I could no. not. Did you say 7,200? 4,200, sorry. Okay. I was like, what side are you playing on? <laughs> I'm playing on that Russian site, my man. Our, our man's was playing on last year. Yeah, Ilya. Miss that guy. Yeah. Let's talk about some goalies here. Thatcher Demko, most expensive on the board. Again, like cash, fine, because this is a very winnable game. GPPs, you need a shutout. Jonas Johansson confirmed to 8,300. Like, no. Philip Gustafsson, 8,100. I need to see some saves there. Like, I, I just don't. Like, I think Joe Wool is fine at 7,900. UC Soros is the guy that stuck out to me at 7,600. Connor Hellebuck as well at 7,600. Cheap, cheap guys. Like, like the thing, like, I like Connor Ingram in a nutshell. The problem with stacking or playing a goal against Tampa is they're so efficient, right? They can have, like, three goals on 26 shots and just completely ruin the value. Yeah, um, it's, it's sorrows for me. Like, Nashville's big problem has been on the penalty kill. Pittsburgh's terrible on the power play. Like, I think you can see a lot of five-on-five -five shots here tonight. So I like Saros. Um, Carter Hart at home against Carolina. Um, I don't – 7,200, I think it's passable. That's basically the reason why. I don't mind Mrazic at home for Chicago either. But it's Saros and Hart more than anything. I hate to say it, but I don't mind Joseph Wall here tonight. Um, you know, I hate relying on 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 Leafs goaltenders, but you know, seventy nine hundred at home against the Florida team that should be tired, but does take a lot of shots. Uh, don't mind Wall. Wall or Vanacek are kind of like the two spend up guys that I'm looking towards tonight. But yeah, uh, Wall, Vanacek, Saros, Hart, Mrazic, those are kind of the five guys I'm considering. And I'll answer your question now, Haas. Yes, you can play John Gibson. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's sixty nine hundred. Who are you liking for your hat trick pick? 
I mean, he's going to be chalky, but I really, I still do like the spot here tonight. Um, not even sure I'm going to roster him. I just really do like the spot. Uh, Ely Tolman. I'm going chalky as well. I don't know if it's chalky, but it's not like the spice lord that I normally am and miss completely wildly awfully. Elias Patterson. No, oh, yeah. Well, kind of reverse roles here today. I'll go a little bit spicier. You go a little bit chalkier. We'll see how that goes. Ely Tolvanen would be good on the Predators right now. But anyway, we will be back on, what's today, Tuesday? We'll be back on Thursday. Tomorrow's a three-game slate. Uh, so we'll be back on Thursday. Make sure to smash that like button on the way out. If you're interested in going premium, click that link in the description below. Get in the Discord. Say you came from this show. We'll give you a nice warm welcome. Good luck, everybody, and we'll see you on Thursday. Good luck tonight, everyone. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.